This is such a great episode with Nicole Dubay. Um, she ended a 20-year career on the CTV morning show out of Winnipeg and talks with us openly about the adjustments that have come with that as she launched into becoming an entrepreneur and sharing her gifts uh, that she's learned in the media world. So she now helps people take care of their own brand and reputation. Uh, there's so many themes here that we touch on, which just um, so interesting. Nicole is such a huge fan of storytelling, of vulnerability, and she also mentions unity and how important it is for even two opposing sides to come together for a greater understanding of each other and to find the thread that unites us. So many good gems in this conversation and she shared with us so vulnerably um, how her life has changed over the years. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And I just want to say thank you for listening. Enjoy. Hello, Nicole. Thank you and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. And um, I have so many things to say, but first of all, just um, welcome and thank you. Thank you. I was so excited when you reached out to me, Laura, and, and wanted to chat because, you know, knowing a little bit about what you're about, I think we have a great conversation to, to have today. I think so too. I'm curious about so many things. So to have the opportunity to ask you directly is just, it's its a dream. So that is so cool. I'm going to read um, your bio, which is really, really interesting and, and diverse. So let's jump in here. You've been in newsrooms and media for 20 years as a journalist and a network news anchor. You started at the Hamilton Spectator at age 18. 18. You hosted CTV Morning Live out of Winnipeg since 2013. And in 2023, you've gone through a major shift. We're going to dig into all of that in a moment. You now have a new story, Dubai Media Consulting and Storytelling. You help people with their communications and take con taking control of their own brand and reputation. You're a journalist, a speaker, a storyteller, an MC, a media coach, a consultant, a mother. I don't put that last on purpose because we both know that is like, that's sort of first and foremost for us mothers. I watched you present at the Made to Grow networking brunch in Winnipeg recently. And uh, that's an amazing community of entrepreneurial women. And when I heard your message, I immediately knew that I needed to reach out to you. And I, I just, your story resonates with me so deeply. So thank you for saying yes to this conversation. Oh, I'm excited. And that, that intro was, was so gracious, Laura. I, my time at the Hamilton Spectator at 18 was like a student co-op placement, but I, I did get published. So it, wow. it, it was a unique opportunity, but I learned way more than, than, than I could have imagined and that the, the journalism and storytelling bug bit hard for sure. I bet. And I jumped right in for 20 years and yeah, you're not wrong. I, I definitely, um, definitely made some big changes in my life in, in just the last 
four months. And, and that was a journey that was probably two years in the making as well. And mm. I'm an open book. Let's, let's go for it, Laura. <laughs> well, first and foremost, I'm so curious, how is your sleep going? Because as somebody who for so many years, you had to set the alarm for what was it? 3.30 in the morning? Uh, it was 3.15, 3.15. And wow. every minute counts. Every minute counts at that time. Oh, yeah. So it was very particular about the exact time that would go off. I'm happy to report that, yes, your girl's getting way more sleep. It's it's so funny how the pendulum could swing. Mm-hmm. I was maybe clocking. Like a good night of sleep for me would be five, six hours especially in the last few years with my kids being older, as hard as I tried and as hard as I tried to protect my evening routine, getting asleep before 10 was becoming a battle because by the time nine would hit and I'm just getting into bed, you're so wired and overtired. So, mm-hmm. so falling asleep just became such a struggle in the last couple of years. And, and that was definitely part of the soul searching I had to do mm-hmm. about, okay, do I keep doing the show? I love so much. Um, fast forward to today and I thought for sure I'd be, you know, still a bit of an early riser. And because I, I love starting my day bef- quietly before anyone else is up, before the world demands of me. There is something uh, magical still, there, isn't there? There, there is. And I know that. I know there's power in, in starting your day intentionally. And I'm slowly carving out that routine. I feel like, you know, I, I walked away from the morning show in, at the very end of May. June, I was still on adrenaline and trying to launch the business. July and August hit, which was summer. And I feel like I kind of crashed, if if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, September hit like a lightning bolt with routine and some of the work I had lined up. And September has been like a nonstop, um, beautiful few weeks into October where we're at now. So I am sleeping more, probably more than I thought I would, if if I'm Mm -hmm. to be totally honest. Uh, I think maybe I'm still recovering. Mm-hmm. It, well, you did that cycle for years. Answer. So your body is is used to that five or years. six hours, right? So it's going to take some time I, to yeah. kind of unwind those patterns. Yeah. But it's so worth it. I Our think so. Is, is I think crucial. so. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're, yes, you're adjusting. It's going to take time. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it said in multiple places, Nicole, that you carry the light. I want you to soak that in for a second. And I really mean multiple places. Like you have a light about you that is rare and unique. Um, Being on TV, it must really feel like you are under a microscope. Um, I worked at the West Kelowna Fire Department for 15 years in administration and the, the news is constantly on in that setting. I was always surprised with how much the firefighters had to say about the women on TV in the news, what they were wearing, how they looked, their hair, their makeup, everything. It's like you're under a microscope. And I'm curious, did you have a mentor or somebody that you looked up to that was doing that work when, even when you were younger and that you saw that that was a possible path for you? Yeah, I was so lucky in that, you know, I was born in 1983 and I'm like, we're talking heyday of big network broadcasters. So by the time I really started to clue in to what I liked watching and, and, and the storytellers 
of, of the nineties that influenced me for sure. You know, Barbara Walters, Katie Couric, Oprah Winfrey, even just some of the very strong Canadian journalists, Lisa Laflamme. And I, I could go on. I was, I think we were all lucky that there was this heyday of everyone tuning in for the big mm -hmm. national network stories. The world started to get a lot smaller um, in the, in the nineties as, as news and the internet started bringing all this information to us um, a lot more readily available, the 24-hour the news channels that you could tune into. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to have known at a young age, oh, I think that would be a lot of fun. I, I was always a, a little bit of an outgoing kid. Um, you must be. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> only because my, you know, my parents, in particular, my my father, he was a musician. So he, he had a band and um, they, they had some great acts. They, I'm from Southern Ontario. And so seeing, seeing someone in my immediate circle, my father, um, you know, get on a microphone or get on a stage and, and his brother as well, my uncle, mm -hmm. um, they, they had no, they were very comfortable. So us as, yeah. as kids, uh, being around a microphone or, or being near a stage, it wasn't this weird, scary thing. It was kind of fun. Yes. Um, That's great to see and to see that it's not something to be afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. And to just even have the encouragement to just, you know, my dad be like, go for it. Of course. Why not? And, and almost like neutralizing it. It wasn't, um, like being on stage or, or public speaking was put on a pedestal. It mm -hmm. was just, this is, this is what you can do. You have something to yeah. say, you know, your school has a variety show, go for it. You don't want to do it. No problem. You know, my mom, that wasn't kind of how that wasn't something that she felt comfortable doing, but she mm -hmm. was also always happy to be there and a great supporter. Uh, it was just very normalized that if you wanted to tell a story, whether it was through music or, it, you know, in the realm that I went to, uh, it was encouraged. So yes, yeah. Um, and, and permission given almost like it's not, there was no barrier there. It's like, sure, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. It's available to you. Yeah. And, and helping people in, in one way or another, whether it's simply to entertain and have fun or um, bring a group together. I was big into the student council and um, wanting to just make things more fun or more enjoyable that that just mm -hmm. came in kind of nat naturally um well and that comes across in the clips that i have been watching of you not that of course you're you're talking about the harder things but you're also bringing that essence of fun to your work and to the people that are watching you which is really it, it just adds to how engaged people are with you and that light that you have so i love how you balance both because you kind of, the news can be heavy, right? And it's yeah. in this day and age, um, we need more light. So I love that you found a beautiful way to do that and have fun with with your viewers and, and the people that you were interviewing. It really comes across. Oh, thank you for saying that, Laura. I, I, I've learned only in the last few years on my, my journey inward, um, that I've always had a value of unity, of wanting to bring opposing perspectives um, to a place of understanding. We don't have to agree, uh, but we need to understand where someone else is coming from. I think 
even as a kid, you know, when you'd see a wrong happening on the playground or a kid being picked on, mm-hmm. like I would carry that image in my head for days. Like, what could I have done? And, you know, we were all, I was raised in the sticks and stones will break your bones. Names never hurt me. There wasn't, <laughs> there was definitely no messaging when I was a kid about, you know, don't be a bully. It was mm-hmm. just, oh, don't, don't worry about it. Even though here we all are, you know, fast forward years later, and we're all worrying about it. Like it doesn't make the worry go away. <laughs> nope. So I think I've I've always strived in 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 knowing that we are more alike than than different. Mm. That even when things are difficult to talk about, we have to find one hair, one thread um, that that unites who we are because we're humans first before we're our beliefs and our agendas and, and our stories. We're, we're all just out here trying to, to reach betterment, whatever that, that means to you just Mm -hmm. in our own way. And I, I love extracting that when I talk to someone, I want to know like, who are you deep down in there? <laughs> well, like you say, you're, we look for that thread. And in order to find that, we have to listen. Mm. And it's such a beautiful gift to, to oh. just listen to somebody. And it kind of changes everything if we can understand their story a little bit. Yes. Think about how often it, in your day will someone truly give you the gift of an, of an ear? just no advice no feedback just the gift of I'm here to hear how you are and when someone can truly share how they're felt they will find the answer without any feedback but how often are we really hurt I remember the other day I was frustrated about I think the uber was late and I was just kind of venting my husband was like Ah, he was saying something and I just I said stop I'm allowed to vent I don't need you to fix this problem just mm-hmm. hold the space yes. I literally hold said the that space. he's like oh I'm like I'm allowed to vent and I'm not looking for a fix not so often we're not actually looking for a fix we just yes can I just can I take what's in me can I put it outside of my body and mm-hmm. can we can it just go away? <laughs> yeah, it's like a valve. I just need to let this off. Yeah. And it will go faster if we don't even it doesn't need to be a discussion. I just need to let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um this in reading about your journey, I'm curious. You describe it as um when you were transitioning from television into your new path on life, you talk about it being a knowing or a pull for change. I'm curious you just said earlier about the last couple of years. So it sounds like it was about a two-year process, but what was that actual knowing or pull for change? Was that an ache in your body? Was it a health scare? Was it always something you knew you would transition to and you had a bigger plan? Um, Can you just tell us a little bit more about how that knowing first showed up for you? Yeah, yeah. So I would describe it as an insatiable curiosity. It started when I knew I, I knew a change was coming when every single day for, for well over a year, um, I couldn't stop looking uh, at what, at what I could do with my skill set, And, you know, I'd pull on a thread of curiosity and I'd go down a rabbit hole of, Ooh, I could maybe do that. Or, Ooh, I could do that. 
the the catalyst moment for me um, came really early on in the very, very first lockdown of the pandemic. And I was really struggling to understand um, why Manitoba students weren't being permitted back in class because the picture of the pandemic in that first lockdown in Manitoba was vastly different than any other part of the country. We weren't Toronto, we weren't British Columbia. We had very few cases and yet kids, businesses were reopening, but we were keeping kids home. And that was a question that I was really surprised wasn't being asked more of as someone in the media to me, I thought this was a very valid question. You know, again, we're not we're not the other provinces. We're not a hotspot by any means, especially looking back now. Um, I think we might have had like, I think the most we had in hospital was 14 people. And we weren't even as members of the media being told what our capacity was for, for patients. Right. Now I understood there was so much unknown. Mm -hmm. I, that was not lost on me, but it was that there were some questions being that I was asking as a working, a central service worker, same for my husband with two young kids who could barely read yet. They were new into school and they were being asked to remote learn mm -hmm. while businesses reopening. So that's the context, you know, two and a half years ago now, three years or whatever the, the dating was. Yeah. And I was I was really struggling with frustration, exhaustion, um, even some anger because mm -hmm. things weren't making sense. And yeah. then a, a good girlfriend of mine reached out and said, Hey, I'm going to do this meditation challenge. You should, mm -hmm. you should join me. And I remember being in my kitchen crying because the press conference was saying kids weren't going back to school. And I'm like, how am I going to, how am I going to get through you know, weeks more of kids working, uh, learning at home and I have to work. I'm on no right. sleep. And when the meditation challenge came, that was, that was a lifeline. I said, you know what, this cynical hard news woman in me needs some inner peace. Yeah. And, uh, so I committed to it and oh my goodness, Laura, <laughs> in, I would say about six days in, um, some, some, some stiffness in my body started to crack open and I really mm. felt like I was starting to breathe for the first time in a long time. And then Amazing. the more, the more I softened and explored things inwardly, instead of being on this outward answer hunt, mm. um, things really started to shift really big questions started to come up and then uh, the curiosity for the first time in a long time of who who would I be if I wasn't the morning news host well what would I do if it's not this yeah. and they're you know putting it out there and just mm -hmm. and just not even talking about it with anyone mm -hmm. was actually the a really beautiful process I sat with it for for a long time kind of quietly wow and again, I'm so glad you said yes to that challenge and, and grateful for that friend that reached out to you. Had you been meditating previous to that or were you new to meditation? I had never even attempted it ever. I, um, 
I've now learned that I was like suppressing this, um, I guess, crave, like I was craving inward connection. Maybe I was mm -hmm. like the spiritual side of me had been whispering for forever, <laughs> yeah. but you get sucked into the news cycle. You know, you get, as you, you said, you know, you have firefighter friends who, who speak about it and you, you get sucked in and you're churned into, and it doesn't wait for anybody. Like you got to keep no. up. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was on that output wheel. I, you know, I, I absolutely would, would be focusing on the story of the next day. Well, get being under the microscope and having women mm -hmm. say that it looked like I didn't wash or brush my hair. There's a lot of, there's a lot <laughs> of comments out, out in the world. And yeah. um, I will say meditation absolutely allowed me to laugh off so much of the microscopic, silly comments that would, that yeah. would come in. Yeah. Yes. And take that pause and not react. Like I find for myself, meditation has helped me take a beat and in that moment we now have the choice in how we react and it's like okay this can go this way or this way so that's been such a gift for me is just pausing before I react and like, it sure how prevents long, how long do you wait if you're like emotionally triggered because for me I need like 24 hours mm -hmm. sometimes even two days and then the clarity comes <laughs> like my beat my beat is okay, I'm going to need yep. to take a day. Depends on how big the trigger, right? Like yeah, sometimes yeah. It, it completely knocks me off uh, my center, whether it's a, you know, an email that comes that's really harsh or something somebody says to us. Um, but I'm learning that, oh, we, we can choose to just let that go right by us. We don't have to absorb yes. that, whatever that is. And there may be a message in there and that's okay, but there's a lot that we can kind of just step aside and let that let that go right past us. Laura, I think that is so important. And I really hope anyone who's listening know, know that, look, as someone from the media world where we are, we are having to be on the forefront of, of kind of every big story, mm -hmm. the, like in reality, we do not have to react and respond to everything <laughs> that crosses our path. For anyone who is struggling with what to say about something on social media, I'm telling you, you can say nothing and it's okay. Yes. There's so much noise out there. There's so much noise. Yeah. Coming back to what you said earlier, we need listeners. We need listeners. Yeah. I think we need listeners. Totally agree. And why have we gone to this culture of you owe me an immediate response? Oh, it's so like, I can think back, you know, before cell phones where it was like, oh no, we had to have patience because there was no way to instantly fire back when you put something in the mail for somebody or you phoned them and they didn't answer their phone. You just need to wait. And it feels like we've lost that a little bit. And, and sometimes it feels very demanding just because I texted you or this, that, that I want you to jump to it and get back to me. And, and we need to push back on that. Yeah, you know, have you noticed this trend? I've noticed it amongst some of my friends where they have their silent mode on all the time. Mm -hmm. So when you text them, it, it, it'll just say, oh, you know, this friend is on silent mode. And I know that that means they're not being notified of my yeah. text. And part of me feels like that is so, that must be so liberating. 
Because it's yeah. basically telling someone, I'll get back to you when I can. Don't expect a quick response. Mm-hmm. And that, hey, if, if that's what what we we need to start having boundaries with this respond instantaneously world that we're living in, mm-hmm. then by all means, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, so is meditation part of your day now? Has that been something that you've stuck with as much as you so- can? I try as much as I can. I would say I'm in I'm in a season where it's it's making its way back. Summer was great. Uh, I'm also learning that there are there are many ways for me to take a mindful moment. Sometimes that's just getting outside and breathing with no phone, with no yeah. with no like crime podcast in my ears. Just I'm gonna take ten minutes outside and just breathe. Um, and then yeah, I, I I will meditate. And it's harder always... than you would think. I mean, are you good the at that? act of doing it isn't hard. It's the initial, oh, I should do this now. That's yes. hard. That's yes. that's where I'm like, should I really, oh, you know, there's like seven things on my to-do list that I should do first, but I know I should probably meditate. It's that, mm-hmm. it's that like minute before you make the choice, that's the hardest. And the second I'm like, yeah. okay, fine, let's do it. Um, and for anyone who's, meditated or maybe not meditated but it's not about quieting your mind I mean we're Mm -hmm. trying to do that but please know like you're not doing anything wrong by Mm -hmm. sitting there and and still thinking of stuff the fact that you're sitting there and noticing you're thinking of stuff is the mindful moment yeah Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm even like look at how blue the sky is look at how green the trees like you're Mm -hmm. still thinking and things are coming up but it's taking that moment to just appreciate and and another thing I mean I talk to so many women and people in general who oh I can't meditate it's not for me I'm also a big believer there's many ways to meditate some people like meditative walking I think gardening is meditative art like painting things so finding whatever it is that gives us that time to just pause and let everything kind of come to stillness is is just really impactful um, I, I too believe that our stories are so important and that we all have one. And then I know you feel the same way. Um, and, um, I'm working to empower women to use their voices, many of them for the very first time. I just wanted to read you a quote. Um, it's one of your quotes, but I think this is really beautiful. You say, our stories are what connect us. Our paths may be unique, our timing divine but extend an invitation for what lies a mile deep inside and we can see what unites our souls, a desire to be seen and understood exactly where we are at. That is so beautiful. And and clearly that told me that this, you have been on an inner journey as well. Can you tell me more about that? And just, is that something you've always believed or is this something just in the last few years I think I've always believed it Laura but I don't know if I would have had the capacity to articulate it in Mm. that way until I really went on my own journey and and please I have to you know disclaimer here I'm not arrived anywhere I am (laughs) I am on it I have my patterns I have Mm -hmm. my flaws um, I have my triggers and my ugly moments. I am, I'm by no means 
a healed human, but I do know that healing um, is is at all phases of our life. Mm-hmm. So, I what what I what I really want myself to work on at all times is that where I'm at is not where anyone else in my life is at, and who am I to judge them from my lens? And we're we're you know, we're our own harshest critics. Um, I know what works for me, but how selfish of me to ever think that what works for me is what's going to work for someone else. Um, but if I can take a minute and just appreciate exactly where someone is at, it's a lot easier to let any judgmental thoughts slip away and just, um, just cease just kind of accept, okay, you know, that that person's struggling right now, or, or this isn't, this isn't, um, they may not have the the same tools or approach that I might to a circumstance. And if I can maybe ask a few questions that help me learn a bit more about where they're at, that's probably the, a faster way to understanding than than presuming or assuming. So important. Yeah, absolutely love that. Um, and it kind of leads us into you talk a lot about vulnerability, and that's one of my favorite topics as well. Um, you tell people that it's time to stop flying under the radar. You're a leader with a purpose in this world. I know for myself, I'm trying to step into the role or I am stepping into the role of leadership more than I ever have before. Doesn't mean it's comfortable for all of us. Everybody's different. Uh, One thing that I struggled with is if I was using my voice, it feels like you're opening yourself up to all the things that can happen. But it's recently come, the more I've done it, the more I've I've stepped into that discomfort and just done it and shared my story. I've come to understand that when you speak from your heart and you share your story, there is nothing anybody can come at you with because it is your story. Absolutely. There's there's freedom in in that no one's questioning your your truth, but it's such a an authentic, vulnerable share. Um, You use some of my favorite words. The one thing working in media has helped me with is without, without question, I have, I can find a a degree of comfort in very uncomfortable situations. Mm. I get nervous like anyone else that minute before I speak or if I'm emceeing or whatnot, I am absolutely nervous and I just know that that is a normal feeling. It is normal to feel nervous. And I've, I've done political shows and elections and I've interviewed some very important newsmakers and absolutely the night before I am nervous the morning of I'm nervous. I'm going through things. And I know that that this is just part of that feeling and you know, I played sports my whole life as well. And I've done, I've done again because I've watched my my dad maybe do uncomfortable things and just put a smile on his face. Um, 
I too have, I would say, yeah, I'm someone who will, who will take the occasional calculated risk or chance, even though I'm terrified and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because, and this is a quote from Jim tree living, Mr. Boston pizza, who I interviewed, there's really no losing there's winning and learning. So Mm -hmm. with that, you know, perspective, I do believe there's, there's no risk in sharing your story um, and your stories, our stories are so much stronger when you add in a layer of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between, oh, I'm on a mountaintop of success right now. And I'm going to tell you how I got to the next mountaintop of success. Right. Okay. You know, maybe in a group of, of alphas, they want to hear that story and how oh, that's going to pump them up. But yeah, the majority of people we have our valleys, you know, mm-hmm. when you bring me, you know, when you start here and you bring me through your, your valley story and you share what it was that, that churned you and made you feel raw and you have your epiphany and now you're going to come up with me. Yeah. Um, that is connection right there. And, and coming back to that, that quote that you shared of mine, Laura, um, let's go a mile deep that's because in the world of news it's it was it's often said that that broadcast television especially you know with stories that are a minute and a half at, at most you're an, it's it's an inch deep and it's a mile wide mm-hmm. big reach very surface information and part of part of my transition was that i really want to be going a mile deep even if that means my reach is going to shrink dramatically and my impact um, with the skills and what I do for people is going to become a much smaller (laughs) reach. I would much rather spend quality time going deep versus living on the surface um, and and, and trying to have as as great a reach as possible, because that actually just isn't who I, I am. I, I know in, in, in my close circle, uh, even the friends who know me really well, they will still say, yeah, Nicole, you're often misunderstood. Um, and I'm okay with that. It's because I am not afraid of asking a really deep question right out of the gates and it can Mm. be unsettling (laughs) and it's up to me to be okay with the fact that that it might not land, you know, yeah. I can't control what someone else is going to say or think or feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because I might extend an invitation for a deeper, more raw and honest conversation doesn't mean the person on the other end has to take up the offer. Mm. I love the way you phrased that. It's an invitation. It doesn't have to be accepted, but you've yeah. made the invitation and you've opened that door. And that's what I feel like vulnerability is um, I remember a conversation one day in the fire hall I was having with a coworker and we both had kids who were struggling with mental health and we were just standing at the counter as people were coming and going into the fire hall talking about anxiety, depression, how that feels as a parent, how we can support them. And somebody walked by and just overheard a little bit of what we were saying. And he looked at us and said, that doesn't sound like a work conversation or a conversation that's appropriate for work. And we said, actually, it's, it's, 
totally appropriate for work. This is life. This is happening. We need to normalize these kind of vulnerable conversations. And I'm okay if you keep walking, but also I'm okay if you want to stand here and join in with something that is happening to so many of us, especially as parents. Um, so just, I love that you say it's an invitation, but it certainly can make some people uncomfortable. Here's here's something else that I've I've learned. Someone's response really says everything. It says more. So that comment that this person said to you, you know, that's not a that's not an appropriate conversation for work. Um, that's that's that was a, a critique on on your conversation, but it actually says more about them than it does about the observation. Mm-hmm. For me, if you read between the lines, that's, oh, wow, this is someone who who probably doesn't know how to open up or doesn't feel safe opening up. Like if, when you really put, yeah. you know, that armchair psychologist hat on, yeah. you can really learn a lot something. about yes. someone's response. They're really telling you exactly mm-hmm. what's under that comment. And that is, they wouldn't feel comfortable because they've probably never been made to feel comfortable being that vulnerable. Right. And then, and then boom, now I'd have more empathy for that person. Like, Oh, okay. This is, this would be tough for that, for that person to have mm. such an, an open and raw conversation. Okay. If I'm ever going to engage, uh, I'm going to tread very lightly and see, mm. see where we could start. Maybe, maybe to go a mile deep, you got to start with just one step. Yes. That's so true. And empathy, that's a great point to just receive that with some empathy, that there's a reason why they responded with that. Um, and it has something to do with their story as well, even if we it's, don't know what exactly. that is. It would, be, it would be so easy to just quickly judge me like, oh, well, they're cold. What a cold-hearted mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Or, hmm, I wonder what would make someone feel uncomfortable with yeah. that. Maybe this isn't something that was made normal in in their current environment or their upbringing or in their household that's right in their household yeah exactly and being okay with that um even if we don't know what that is uh, yeah just letting it letting it be what it is Uh, do you feel like vulnerability is a muscle that we can build the more that we offer it to the world yes it gets easier i think i think that's why we're here i think we're all here really to learn um, and also be examples for others that it's okay. Um, we have one life, right? We have one, one rodeo here and gosh, when you're vulnerable and honest, Mm -hmm. I love that no matter how it lands, that someone who is opening up and sharing, they put something real and authentic into the world. And that we need, we need real, we need authenticity, even if it's misunderstood, even if someone disagrees, you've at least in that moment, put something real and what, what people are going to do with that information or how they're going to react. That's their journey. At least you can say, I put an authentic piece of me out there. Yeah. And energy is real, right? Mm-hmm. someone somewhere will get what, what that authenticity meant to you. And it, and it comes back, you're going to get more real and authentic moments in your life when yes. you um, practice saying how you feel. And I look, I'm saying this 
even to myself. (laughs) I also should get better at expressing to my husband that the reason I passive aggressively said, Hey, you didn't put that thing away yet. (laughs) Really? I should have said, I'm kind of bogged down. I'm feeling really stressed right now by the fact that I've launched my own business and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Can you just can you help me a little bit more with the here's house? How, here's how you can help me. Right? Yes. It's like what, what a need. difference. Yes. And he called me on it. He's like, uh, passive aggressive much. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. I yeah. can relate can to that, that too. Up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just ask for what we need. And often people are more than willing to give it to us, but they can't read. Well, why is it so hard? Why yeah. is it so hard to ask for what we need? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's um, the giving and receiving, even like you're saying, you're putting your story out there, but then you are receiving back, you're receiving stories from others. It is a reciprocal relationship. Um, And as women and as mothers, I think a lot of us need to learn how to receive more. We're so used to giving, 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 but we also have to know how to receive love, to receive help when we need it, to ask for help when we need it. And realize we're worthy of receiving that gift yes yeah we're really good at giving I find women right we're the creators mm-hmm. <laughs> we're the ones who give create to we we are innately creative humans our, our mm-hmm. everything we do whether it's making dinner you're creating right mm-hmm. we create every single day we give of ourselves every single day yeah. um it is, it is equally vulnerable to receive with, with gratitude, to allow mm-hmm. yourself to be supported, um, to ask for help and receive it. I mean, how often does it, do you have a girlfriend that's like, oh, I can do that for you. And we're like, no, 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 I got it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. We're cutting them off. Yeah. They want to give us a gift. Allow them to give. I know. And yeah. that's a block, right? That's a, that's a block mm. from what we're all trying to manifest a life of ease. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of gets blocked and, and clogged in our bodies, which can cause all kinds of kinds of health issues and, and things that, that are afflicting women specifically. So I think it's really important that we look at that ability to receive as much as our ability to give. It has to be both. If you have any listener out there who's like a Reiki healer who could maybe explain my <laughs> rotator cuff injury, because my you right shoulder, yep. my giving yeah. arm, my I'm right-handed, uh, it is an agony. So I I would love a spiritual cue on how yeah. I can mentally clear my shoulder block while I physically do my rehab. <laughs> right. Well, and when you get an answer on that, please share it with me. But I bet you're going to get some people reaching out to you. Um, especially in this community of healers who will be like, I'll help you. I've got the athletic therapist. I might do some deep tissue. To like I'm going to do that yeah. stuff, but I would love any yeah. insight from someone who's a little woo woo. Like we are, <laughs> I'm <laughs> here open to receiving it. <laughs> um, okay. So this brings us to Dubai media training program. I would love if you can tell us more about that program. So this is something that you offer now. What's it all yes. about? Thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to share a bit about what I do. Okay, so storytelling is at the core of, of all of us. It really is. If you think back to our ancestors, we know a bit about today because stories were shared and passed. Campfires. I would, lo- I would love for, for all women. I don't, I don't care if your audience is your, your spouse or your child 
in general, I would love the act of oral storytelling, that beautiful practice of our grandma's grandma's to, to come back. Anyways, I, I believe in oral storytelling and I come from a broadcast journalism background. Dubai Media is all about helping people, spokespeople, public facing individuals, but also entrepreneurs and business owners know what their story is and have the tools to share it. Whether that is an internal audience, an external audience, whether it is in media or whether it's just to some shareholders, stakeholders, those who have a vested interest. Um, corporate communications might be a word that someone might use. Um, in general, I offer traditional media training. So this is a service where um, we go through what it is to engage with a journalist, how to answer questions posed by the media, and also how to communicate your value, your key messages, what you stand for in that media interview while still answering questions. Mm -hmm. I also coach individuals, entrepreneurs on how to get earned media. So if you have an expertise, a viewpoint, um, if you have a service that can truly help people and we can align that with the news cycle to showcase your expertise in media, I coach on, on how to do that, how to pitch the media. And then of course, as a storyteller, I also am helping anyone with keynote speeches, performance coaching, MC coaching. I've actually now had some clients be really keen on landing on podcasts just to get mm -hmm. that experience being in a, in a Q and a environment. And um, I'm, I'm also opening myself up to opportunities to do what I do best. So I'm also a keynote speaker and an MC for hire as well. Which I love. And that's, like I said, how I saw you. You you offer a, a fantastic speech and it's honest and real and inspiring. So I just, that's powerful work that you're doing. And I love the niche that you're in, given what your background is. But like you said, it can it can be helpful for a wide variety of people, but it is very specialized at the same time. So it's it's beautiful how you're career to this point and all that experience you're now funneling that into a new kind of a new way of doing it but it's still all the same tricks and tips that you learned and that helped you be so successful at what you did so it's just a beautiful transition to watch it's a learning curve for yes sure, I'm sure. To go, it's very different yeah no I I'm I'm having so I'm learning so much more about myself um I've got a, I've got a long ways to go by <laughs> on, on all levels, but I remember, you know, having a moment of, of gosh, am I really going to leave this, this career? Am I really going to branch out and, and jump out on my own? And I sat with that. Like I thought months before I, I announced my resignation that I was going to leave and then I didn't. And it wasn't that I got cold feet per se, Laura, it had more to do with, I, I wasn't quite yet done closing out a chapter. Um, I knew a catalyst would come. Uh, so I allowed myself to just enjoy, you know, the last eight, eight 
eight to 12 months of, of, of doing the show that I was so in love with and addicted to. And a catalyst did come uh, only after I adequately grieved that I was saying goodbye to this identity I had built. And that was a beautiful, um, that was a beautiful thing. I'm glad I didn't have a knee jerk reaction in my most stressed out moments and just said, that's mm-hmm. it. I throw in the towel. I'm glad I got to a point where I was able to really come to terms and have a lot of peace in my heart that I was craving a change. It's it's that simple. The curiosity yeah. was so strong to just try to just go do something with my skills and see what happens. And when I finally did take that leap of faith, it was, it was really just with the idea in my, in my head, like I have one life. What's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Let's take a chance. And who knows, it could be beautiful. And so I, I did that. And, um, the wildest thing was that Three weeks after I signed off, the parent company of my news organization announced uh, company-wide layoffs, including the show that I was on. They were eliminating the co-host model. So I, I was likely facing either a layoff myself or a major change to the show that I loved wow. so much. And that was in a matter of, of weeks. So either... Either I was going to trust the universe and just take yeah. that leap of faith on my own terms, or the universe was going to bring the change and, and going to shake all, you up. Right. My life was going to be shaken up no matter what. So I look back and I know, I know that I'm, I'm on my journey. I'm, I'm on a fun, creative path. And if I can yeah. help anyone tell their story or get really clear on, on how they want um, to reach their audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm here to help. You're already helping people. I know you are just by telling your story. Uh, okay. I've got a couple final questions for you. Okay. What is really lighting you up these days, Nicole, and pushing you out of your comfort zone? Ooh. Um, so have you ever heard of the organization, the moth? It's out no. of the U S anyways, I won't, I won't like bore you with all the details, but it's, it's a really cool concept for group gatherings for oral storytelling that you're hearing this first. This is the first time I'm publicly saying I'm intrigued I already this idea of, of la- not launching, but creating an event um, like the moth where people can share their stories in an oral storytelling. It's like Ted talks, but yes. it's not a Ted talk. Like you're not there to, you're literally just sharing a beautiful five to 10 minute story with right. no notes, no papers. Um, that's what's lighting me up. That's like the passion project in the background mm-hmm. is how can we make this happen in Canada? And the cool thing about the moth is they encourage copycat that like they're, they, it's an, it's an organization that encourages oh. people to do it, to create to branch out because they can't, they can't yes. be everywhere. Right. And they really just target like big US cities and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, they've got all these resources. So you're hearing it first. I'm, oh, that's I'm, so I'm cool. Dead honest. You're the, yeah. you're the fir- first time I'm sharing this publicly, but that is lighting me up is, okay, how can I take my passion for storytelling and encourage others in this yeah. really cool format to use their voice, to get on a stage, to, 
to just share a five minute true firsthand mm-hmm. account story. Cause we're, we're, we're Canada. Our, our indigenous ancestors have been sharing that yes. for millennia. Let's, mm-hmm. let's bring it back. So that's yeah. lighting me up. And I find when I have like a passion project, Mm-hmm. everything else I do feels way more exciting for some reason <laughs> and easier because you're satisfying that creative desire to kind of explore something new that's exciting yes. for you and it's going to be amazing to anybody who gets to be a part of that it sounds amazing I'm going to go down that rabbit hole later on after oh, I know I would love your feedback Laura like if you're like <laughs> yeah. "Ooh, this is cool I'm oh. I'm like in my research and development phase it's it's a new little yeah. idea but when I have something creative that I'm like um like ruminating over day after day yes. I know okay there's something here there's, yeah it's yeah any yeah. passion any any little creative hobby that we do it gets us excited and and everything else feels a little bit more sparkly Sure does. <laughs> That's right. And we need more sparkle. Mm-hmm. We need more sparkle in our lives. What are you currently reading or have recently read that you love? Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, a book that I think everyone should read is Everyday Hero Manifesto by Robin Sharma. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. Great everyday. It's a quick one. Like the chapters are all like hits of inspiration and reminders. Uh, that's kind of been the one I've been sharing. Um, I'm on Audible. I'm listening to the moth storytelling. Hold on, let me get this right. Uh, It's an oral storytelling. So I'm like, ooh, this will be an Audible book. Um, How to Tell a Story. That's what I'm listening to on Audible. And then I also just bought a hardcover book called quadrivium it is so weird i i dabble in a whole bunch of weird <laughs> weird spaces let me make sure i get the title of this one right too because i am such i'm such a dork with things that i find so curious yes quadrivium i don't know if i'm ever going to read it to be honest it's called quadrivium the four uh classical what's this called the four classical liberal arts of number, geometry, music, and cosmology. Wow. <laughs> Haven't even cracked it. it. Yeah. But that just gives you a little it's intriguing. Just a little yeah. hint on where my curiosities take me. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, what is one of your favorite songs to dance to? If you if you need a dance party in the middle of the day in the kitchen, what do you, what do you tend to put on? Okay, I just put on this morning, I had my own private little dance party. I put on um, Sia's Elastic Heart. For some Ooh. reason, it sounded so good this morning. I love um, Sia. Oh, Fast Car, but the like Jonas Blue version. Mm. That's, that's, that's a good, a good one too. That's a good jam. Um, and then if I want a little R&B, this is a song I've been playing for like two years. I love hearing yeah. it in the morning. And it's... um. Uh, it's called Roots by Cautious Clay. Discover oh. him. He's fun too. Cautious Clay. Okay, I'm writing Roots, all these yeah. down. I'm a music person, so this is good. Thank oh, you I for can those. share a whole bunch of my weird playlist stuff. I would love that. Love Check that. out Big Wild too. Big Wild. Is that a group? Yeah, that's a group. Uh, sixes to nines. They have a whole bunch of cool ones. They're like super dream album is good too. Okay, thank you bringing all those down <laughs> time for another playlist not okay. for everyone but hey you no, asked this is what on. i would do 
Yep. <laughs> it might just grow on me. I am curious, and this is the last question before I let you go. What is something that you think your future self would love you to know now? So think of oh. Nicole 20 years down the road. You could even go further if you want to go 40 years down the road. What do you think she would tell you? The future Nicole, what would she tell me today? Mm -hmm. Oh, that could make me she cry. You, what does she want you to know? Even just one sentence. It's all, it's all good. I think she would, she would just remind me that like it, you are enough. It is, you are good where you're at. Keep just keep putting love into the world. It's you'll, you'll figure it out. You've always figured it out. And honestly, I think she would say, and this made me cry. I think she would say that she's here with me. I really feel like she would say, I've got you. I've got you. And I'm, I'm here rooting for you. You're good. Yes. So powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh. It really is a gift we can give to ourselves. If we just think ahead of, of what, that older version of ourselves, we, we know what that message is. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. really nice to be able to just take a moment and embrace that now and move forward with that. So thank you so much for being so vulnerable with that. Thank you. I hope my ramblings made oh, sense at some I point. I could listen to you talk all day and <clears throat> excuse me. I look forward to the next chance. The frog in my throat. Um, yeah, I feel like we have so much more that we could talk about, but I am just so happy that I've had this this time with you today and so grateful for you. Um, thank you for sharing so openly with us the things um, and places that you're at in your life right now and even just the projects that you're moving into. We will um, put your links and things in the show notes. Just tell us where is the best place for people to follow along with you, uh, what you're doing these days. Is it your website, Instagram? I love, right now I'm feeling really good about uh, what I'm doing on Instagram. Um, so that's probably the, the quickest way to find me and interact in a, in a quick dialogue. Okay. And that's at Nicole Dubay Media. Um, I'm on Twitter too, but Twitter's a different space these days or X as they call it. And then you can find me at NicoleDubayMedia.com. Please don't be shy, reach out. I love um, engaging with anyone. And, and to you, Laura, thank you for creating a space where, as I said earlier, we can put a little bit of real and raw out into the world, whether one person hears it or, or many, that's not the point. Um, mm -hmm. I really believe in giving each other an opportunity to just share on such a deep level. And, and it's a gift that you've given me today. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. And we just need to remember even one person, we can change one person's life by telling our story. So that makes mm -hmm. it worth it right there. You got it. Thank even you, Nicole. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great day. This is such a great episode with Nicole Dubay. Um, she ended a 20-year career on the CTV morning show out of Winnipeg and talks with us openly about the adjustments that have come with that as she launched into becoming an entrepreneur and sharing her gifts uh, that she's learned in the media world. So she now helps people take care of their own brand and reputation. 
Um, there's so many themes here that we touch on, which just um, so interesting. Nicole is such a huge fan of storytelling, of vulnerability, and she also mentions unity and how important it is for even two opposing sides to come together for a greater understanding of each other and to find the thread that unites us. So many good gems in this conversation and she shared with us so vulnerably um, how her life has changed over the years. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did and I just want to say thank you for listening. Enjoy. Enjoy.